to The Manager Track, the leadership podcast where we help ambitious managers across the ranks become confident and competent leaders people love to work for. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw. This week's episode is part two of a series of conversations, honest, real conversations. They're not scripted. They're really more like heart-to-heart conversations over coffee about the difficult topic of racism and discrimination in the workplace. I'm bringing people to you who are not afraid to speak up, who want to share their opinion, their experiences, and their viewpoints. My intention for these conversations, which is different than what you would usually hear on this podcast, is to create the space where we can have those honest conversations, where we can understand each other, hear other people's perspectives, their backstories and viewpoints. I personally find these conversations inspiring. They always leave me with food for thought. They plant seeds and provide me opportunities for reflection on my own behaviors and my own biases. And speaking of my own biases, I'm not perfect by all means and I'm not doing this right and I haven't done this right in the past. So I'm using this as a learning opportunity just like everyone else or most people with white privileges to reflect on what have I done in the past, you know, unconsciously, unintentionally that may have created dissonance with the other person or might have even felt like a microaggression. So I'm being very reflective right now and I'm doing the best I can to learn. And I'm saying this also because I want to hear from you. If you're hearing these conversations and something triggers you as you hear me say it or as you hear my guests speak about a particular topic, please don't hesitate to reach out. This is about finding a dialogue and learning from each other. So I'd love to hear your perspective. I'd love to hear your feedback. Anything else that you're wanting to share that you think would be helpful for me or for us to know, please pass it along. You can always reach me at Ramona at RamonaShaw.com and I'll be sure to respond to you. Now, without further ado... Let me introduce you to Ina, who is a highly educated, successful, and experienced professional who's ready to speak from her heart. Let's welcome Ina. Welcome to this episode of The Manager Track. I am really excited and thrilled to have Ina with us today for a conversation on how racism and discrimination shows up in the workplace and what we as leaders can do differently and better to be allies and supporters of Black employees and overall to create a workplace that's way more inclusive and diverse than what we're currently seeing. So that this movement that we've you know, seen grow over the last month, that that continues to grow, expand, and that we're really taking the actions that are long overdue and much, much needed for us all to create a better world, a more equal society. And that includes obviously the workplace as well. So Ina, thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation, sort of like a coffee chat, a coffee chat that we're recording. So good to have you on. Thank you so much Ramona for having me. It's great to be here. So Ina, I'm really curious to get us started. How has it been for you? So the past let's say, few weeks, month, what has that experience been in, in, from your perspective and, and in your eyes? Yeah, thank you for the question. So where do I begin? <laughs> so 
the last, let's say the last, I was, you know, 20 days or so, I've been rough. Um, you know, we are, this is a safe space. <laughs> we can be honest. That's the goal. It's been difficult. It's been very difficult because first of all, you have, you're being fed content of people, frankly, from your community, people that could be you being, you know, killed. And that is black people with, we know, you know, not even just in this country, but around the world, the black body has been dehumanized mm -hmm. and, you know, getting those constant reminders that we are not considered as human beings. I mean, I know this is, you know, that might shock some people, but we're not. We are, you know, some, I, I joke, but frankly, it's not very funny. I, you know, I say that dogs and animals have better treatment than us in this country, for instance. I'm someone who come from Cameroon and Madagascar. So I'm very much, a, you know, an African, proud African product. Uh, who have you know, desire, a strong desire to go back in Africa and, you know, seeing what, what, everything that's happening. I even want to go back even more so now, but, but I've always wanted to be back and add value to my own communities. But as someone, you know, who has never seen Blackness as an obstacle, being here and seeing all of those, it makes me realize that no matter what I do and what I will say and what I think, it's never going to be enough. So I'm torn between, do I continue to work hard and continue to try to, you know, overperform and do show that I have, I can add value and I'm, I'm a good citizen and I'm basically a badass at what I do, or mm -hmm. do I just give up? And because regardless, I will never be enough. So thankfully I've chosen the former and I've chosen mm -hmm. to continue and fight because we just have to do that. But overall, there are days when it's just very rough and others when I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, to turn that anger and frustration into actual productivity. Because I think that's how we, you know, we'll, we'll be able to create change, which is why when you reach out, I, I said that maybe Ina on a different day would have been, no, I don't want to talk about that. I'm, I'm just getting over my emotions. But I do believe that it's important to have those conversations. It is more important that people who are not Black, who may not see those, understand those experiences, can learn from someone who is living it every day. So I felt like it was, it was a duty to, to do that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for, for sharing your voice. And it's interesting to hear you say that, that you had really the two options. Do I just give up of like, this is hard and this is, I'm always at a, at a different place and it's not a level playing field. Or do I push through so that in the future or future generations have a better playing field to be in and a better place in this society and will have less of the pain that, you know, you and other, you know, former generations have had. Yeah, exactly. So when I look at figures from the past, Angela Davis, Rosa Parks, Dr. King, they have paved the way for me to be here, to, be, to have this conversation with you to begin with. I see it, it's an opportunity, it's a privilege, uh, yeah. in a way. You know, we probably use privilege in a different sense right now, but, but it is a privilege. I consider myself very privileged in that, in that sense. But it's not enough. And, and, and I want the future generations to be able to, you know, continue to, to carry on that legacy. And, and, and I believe that I have, well, we talked about that just before we record, but, you know, I was you know, saying that I was put on this planet because I do have a role to play um, yeah. and, and I will use whatever I have, my voice, my arms, whatever, you know, my education. I've been very fortunate to receive a great education and seeing different things around the world and travel around the world, I'll use those to, uh, you know, create the change that I, you know, wish to see as cheesy as it may sound, but I do believe that there is, you know, there is true impact that is, that I, I can create. Yeah. Yeah. I think you speak of something so powerful, which is that we all have certain gifts and, and capabilities to contribute to the change. 
right? So there's this, this saying to go from what's wrong to what's strong, mm-hmm. sort of shifting a mindset of, okay, here are all the things that are wrong. It's just like you said, you have that decision to make. Should I just give up and then let that wrong be wrong? Or do I focus on the strong? So what are your strengths and the things that you can bring to this world, bring to your organization, your community, your circle of friends and family to make a change? And even if that's an, an feels like an uphill battle, but every little action, like every conversation counts and it matters. I think that was so inspirational. I think for, for listeners to recognize that whatever it is that we can do, and that all looks different, it looks different for everyone, but we all have two arms. Yes, right? Two arms, two ears, <laughs> a voice to share and to contribute and make, make a difference. Thank you for sharing that. It, and it makes me also curious, you know, speaking of your particular experience in organizations, maybe even in the education system where you notice personally or you observed discrimination or racism come your way. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. This is, uh, you know, it's also, how long do we have? <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. Uh, no, 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 to, no to, to, to keep it obviously short and in, in the spirit of time that we have. So in the education space, so I'll, I'll start actually from, from the beginning, where I actually come from. So I've mentioned I'm from Cameroon. If you didn't get that right, I'm a very proud Cameroonian, very proud of my heritage. I have still hold my Cameroon passport to this day. People mm-hmm. ask me one of the most useless passports, but if there is one thing that I'll never give up, it's my Cameroon citizenship. That that's one thing; it's not negotiable. Yeah, uh, that's that's so that's so powerful. Yes. <laughs> that being said, um, I was raised by a father and a mother that really, really put great emphasis on education. They said that you know you need to get you know education is really what will get you ahead of the game. And I remember vividly being raised by my Cameroonian Muslim father telling me that just keep working hard, work hard. Always there is this jokes around, you know, when you have African parents that are very tough on the kids. It's very true. They will always tell me that, you know, how come you weren't the best in the class? They will always focus on you. You have to be excellent. You just have to crush at everything that you do. And I remember my dad telling me, you will always have to work harder than anyone from when I was like a little kid. And I really didn't really understand what that meant. I just thought that, oh God, I just need to make sure that I, I, I get straight A's in everything that I do. But it's making a lot of sense now that I'm, you know, I'm a grown up woman in the workplace and I'm seeing exactly what he actually meant by that. But it's never presented in a way that the world is racist. As a black woman, you'll be facing difficulties. He has never, never talked about racism even you know, when I was growing up. Now, is that a mistake? Uh, maybe. I actually think that it helped me being what I am right now. It helped me utilize my voice and it actually helped me see, see myself as an asset. And that's one of the reasons why I, I think that when I get into a place, I just own the room. I don't think about, oh, let me just go in that little corner and take a back seat there. No, there is a table. I'm going to go on the table. I don't need to think about which chair do I sit. I sit, you know, unless it's been said before, you cannot sit there because it's uh, reserved, then I'll sit in the next best place. That's just yeah. a period. Yeah. And, and I think that was very helpful um, for me being, being raised that way. Now, as far as episodes of racism, you know, when those happen, I didn't really realize. It's even now, probably, if, if I think about things, I don't necessarily see it as it was a racist, you know, action. But now that I'm a bit more aware, probably I am now, I'm less oblivious. But, you know, there were things that were blatant racism. So things like, when I moved to, as a family, we moved to France. I, I was mentioning that to you. So France is, by the way, uh, you know, one of the most racist 
country out there, I'm sorry, to, I'm going to break it. It's, the US is probably having a lot of issues right now, but France, the UK, where I've lived, absolutely no better. They're very, very covered with racism, where, you know, things like, well, you have to put your, your, head, your headshot on the CV. I'm sorry, what does that mean? You have to put your age, you have to put your marital status, like, what is that? So it's not, it's not okay. But I remember vividly when I, when I was in France, again, in the spirit of being the best in school, I was one of the best in, in class. And when my mom would show up in parents-teacher conference, teachers were always, well, Ine is actually really, really small. It's really surprising. And my mom would ask them, what do you mean surprising? Why would that be surprising? Because, you know, all the other black kids are from the hood. Is that what you're trying to say? But we are all adults. We know what was meant. Like, we, we know what was the assumption behind that. So that was very you know, blatant. There was also things around people asking me, but do you drive cars? Do you have a car? Or do you walk bare feet to go to school? And I would look at them and I would, I would literally tell them that my house in Cameroon is bigger than your tiniest apartments. Excuse my yeah. French. But I'll tell them that. And it was just little things that were, and that's, that's just not even a black and white issue. It's just also a third world versus Western world. But then the more I was getting to the world, those microaggressions became a lot more subtle. So it yeah. wasn't anymore, oh, if you wash your hands, is your skin going to be lighter? Those are very like disgusting comments, but those are things that little kid will tell you. Those things became a lot more around, well, you have to tone down because you're too loud. And I will tell them that, no, I am not going to tone down. If this bothers you, you can leave. In spirit of, you know, never be, you know, never be aggressive, never swear in a very polite manner. If what <laughs> I'm telling you is bothering you right now, maybe you should not, you do not deserve to be here. Maybe you, you're the one who should go. And so mm-hmm. always change that narrative. That is what has actually helped me to maintain my sanity and also just hopefully change that uh, perception that we can just say whatever we want to people because they're, they're of the skin color. We can, mm-hmm. because they're a minority. You know, they're a min- like whatever minority, whatever that means. And lastly, to kind of like close, close the loop here, in the workplace, you know, it's been a lot of, a lot of mi- little mini things that as, you know, told you at the beginning that it's helped me grow and I'm literally as I'm talking to everyone right now I am growing like the metaphor around how you're growing and you're expanding and you know testing your limit it is happening right now it's very uncomfortable but it's very worthy because I know that I will get out of that better and stronger person but so uh, what I was trying to say is that I've had to pick my battles there are Mm -hmm. things that I would love to fight for and I know are wrong but it's more around all right is it worth my time is it worth my energy to fight for that thing when maybe I can have a more impactful action by being quiet? And then eventually, whatever I will be able to achieve will kill whatever was bothering me before. So mm-hmm. little comments and little things why maybe it's not worth responding to this right now and not get angry and, and really maybe using, you know, having an um, energy budget, which I, I came up with that term that I have an mm-hmm. energy budget, like I have a certain energy that I want to put into things and some that I do I do not have time for that I do not want to waste my time on certain things as well mm-hmm. it's not that I, I don't see them I see them but right now if I say something it's going to be just like nothing will come out of that yeah yeah I, I'm hearing like many different things like the first th- that resonated the first thing that you said there about the teacher's and how they responded to say like, oh, Ina's actually really smart. And then sort of with a surprising look, I think I'm hearing from other conversations that sometimes people want to make a compliment, but they're saying in a very racist way and I may not even be aware of, such as you're really beautiful for a black woman. It's like, 
that was so, that's so hurtful and just not okay. And that person may have putting a lot of empathy here, compassion into this, but may have actually come from, from a positive intention to say something that would make that person feel good. But obviously this is an example that's, that is a real life example, right? That happens that I've heard from many black women share that that happens more often um, than they can count or remember. And, and those things are equally racist, right? Like any other comment on the negative side. And I think those are important to highlight for us to see how this shows up when even in like wrapped in sort of a compliment are completely racist and not appropriate by all means. And then you said something else that I thought was interesting about, you know, picking your battles and the black community is not asking for something really complicated, nor are they asking for something that's new and just sort of arose in recent time. This has been going on for hundreds of years, and the, the request is not complicated. It's like equal treatment on all levels, and that is very, very basic. So it's on us sort of as a, as a white person to me to listen, to understand the different aspects and, you know, facets of how that shows up. But it's also not on me to think someone else has to educate me. Like it's on me to get educated and it's on me to step up and correct other people and to say, this was not okay. It is not on black people to constantly speak up and say, this was wrong. This was wrong. Don't do this. Don't say this. Let me educate you. Right? That is not the responsibility of the oppressed, so to say. It's really the responsibility of, of those of us who have privileges to do, take care of that education and to speak up and to step up and so elevate the voice or be supporter of people when this, these things happen. Because mm-hmm. I can imagine that sometimes you just feel like, I can't deal with this, like not again, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I I, 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 exactly. I mean, I, I, I'd love for a lot of people to think the way you think and you know taking that on them and that's responsibility to you know educate themselves and thankfully now because it's out there and there's a lot of literature if one person truly cares about that they will find a way to learn for themselves yeah 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 um so speaking of that and speaking of learning what would you suggest someone who has you know runs a team they're managing people they're part of an organization and they really are invested like they're listening to this because they want to learn they they are really curious of like hey what's my part of it and what can i do in my position and, and with my skills or my awareness what do you suggest or what do you think works best for leaders to um, be part of the change Absolutely. And I think that's a great question. And obviously my advice should be, you know, taken within the context in which each organization is run. But I think that leaders who, non-Black leaders, who wants to have a true impact, I think number one, they need to recognize that there is something wrong. And, I, and I, thankfully, I think that this is probably 99.9%. I would love 100% of the people that are listening to this would, would know that there is actually something wrong going on. But they should understand that, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is not about that Blacks are more important than others actually know. It is that we are exactly like you said, it is not difficult. We are asking for equal treatment, period. We will continue to do our job. Don't worry. We will continue to perform. We will do what we paid for, but we do ask for some recognition, period. And Mm -hmm. I think that's not difficult. With that said, I think that a lot of so-called ally 
are scared. They're scared because they don't know how to bring up the problem. So they decide to stay silent for X, Y, Z reasons. That is very ambiguous. So as leaders, it is their responsibility to decode the silence. So if they decide that they don't want to bring up an issue right now, then they need to have the right word to say that we don't want to talk about that because we're still processing this as well. We want to give everyone time. And that could be by giving some time off to people so that people can go and reflect and they can also reflect themselves on what they should come out and say because they should be ready to have a statement and actually they'll be held accountable. So we expect that. Obviously, I think checking on their black employees, you know, is paramount. And I know people are very worried. What should I say? I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Just saying, I see you. I recognize you. I appreciate you for what you do. I will fight with you. That is enough. We are mm-hmm. not asking you to get on a call with us and to talk, uh, talk about your weekend and try to change the light and the mood. This is not what's happening because you can tell us about your weekend at the beach. Well, at the end of the day, I'm still worried about running outside. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to, like, we, we don't need that. Just see us, just see us. Mm-hmm. See us, say that you are also understanding the battle here and but you will continue your, the fight with, together. You are there. Well, we need protection. We need to know that people have our back. Because mm-hmm. the very people that are supposed to protect us are not doing their job, which is mm-hmm. why we're on the street right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, I don't, I don't want to make it like a, a child-adult relation because it's not like that at all, but it's almost, we are asking for, have our back. Please yeah. have our back, like be, be there for us. Our leaders are not necessarily doing what they're supposed to be doing right now, but you are the leader right now that I'm looking up to you, so I expect you to have a certain reaction to it. So that's on the, on the one hand. Now, within the team, I think it's important to have discussions like that with the team, with your team as a whole. With the team, maybe you can talk about that between non-Black, you with, with your other peers, that are how you can, what you can do, because I think white people really need to understand that. Obviously, they come from a place of privilege, and they can really change a lot of things. So if they can work together to find ways to continue to uplift their Black together and bring in the Black people as well in the conversation, I think we will be doing a lot of great things. So I think that having a dialogue between themselves, but also bringing in uh, Black people in the conversation to understand, obviously, their experiences. And one third thing that you talked about beforehand, which I fully agree, is, you know, when something is wrong, call out and, and it's yeah it's wrong around maybe something saying like literally a blatant racist comment well something that is a little more subtle that you don't have to make a scene in public but at least you know take the person aside and say hey this is not the type of environment that we want to create we are in a situation where we have my job as a leader is to protect everyone in this organization so i need to have the courage as a leader to speak up and unfortunately i have seen way too many times more often than not, I've seen leaders that are just have no balls. They just don't say anything because they will tell you, oh, because we've been too busy thinking about that and that. Well, remember that business is about people. It's, it's all about people. If you don't have people, there is no business. Mm-hmm. No, yes, revenue, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have the actual people to buy your product, well, there is no revenue, guess what? So maybe it's important to maybe let's place people before. Let's stop taking for granted our employee. Let's, let's stop taking a black, white employee for granted. Let's actually respect them and treat them as human beings. Let's understand their feelings. Let's actually stop talking and think and listen to them. In mm-hmm. French, we have a thing that, that translates, turn your tongue seven times before talking. That's mm. pretty much just don't <laughs> talk. Like, 
think about yeah. okay. um, yeah. listen to what they have to say, ask questions, and create an environment in which they'll feel open to talk to, to, talk to yeah. you about things. Yeah. I think that those, this is might be very high level, but I think that this is the main thing that people should start, start thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. So to quickly recap, right? you, you shared the challenge with staying silent and how that can be interpreted. That's ambiguous, what that means. So the importance of speaking up. I also heard you say, sometimes you don't need to just ask questions and check in with people and with open questions and how they're doing and all that. It, it can be enough to say, hey, I hear you. I see you. I got your back. And that is yeah. so powerful um, and really meaningful. And then I also just quickly recap that point on acknowledging, recognizing, demonstrating that you have their back, and then also moving into action to figure out what is it that we can do as a team or as an organization to really make a change. And I think you brought up this, this point of going doing this together because right? The leader also doesn't need to have the answer. It's not like you, the expectation is the leader is going to dictate what we're going to do, or is going to have the answer to the question of what to do with this. You might have never thought of this. So it's okay not to know. And uh, the more people, the more minds brainstorm together, the better your solutions will be because you're seeing now the problem from different angles. You're addressing things that you might not see because you're not in their shoes. You're not dealing with a certain type of work that they're dealing with. And then to collaborate on figuring out what is possible and then also implementing those things as a team. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's spot on. And, and just to make a quick comment on, on those, I'm saying this because I've also experienced this hands-on. On the last point on let's do it as a collaboratively, I don't necessarily put it on, on the hands of your black employees. Yes, they're experiencing it. Yes, they are the ones that have, a, they will have a perspective that you're completely unaware of. That's because that's the way it is. But don't make, they're not the pill. They're, they're not going to come up with all the answers. Yeah. I'm saying this because I've, I've, I've been put in that situation, but I can see why for some people it can be very overwhelming. It's already very challenging for us to get through that. When I've been asked, I'm using this actually as an opportunity to kind of like go all out. There's no crazy things that I would have never been able to do. I'm like, okay, let's do this because you've placed this on me to find a solution. Well, these are the solutions that I would like to recommend now. And those are like very you know aggressive around how we can bring more black people in, in, into our community. Now, are you actually ready to do that or not? So you ask for, you get what, what you ask, right? So I see this as an opportunity to actually create change within my organization, but don't expect everyone to respond and be like, oh yeah, I will happily find you all the answers for that. No, we're still mm -hmm. bleeding at the end of the yep. day. So yeah, yeah. And it may come from the good intention of that person may know best because they've experienced it, they've seen it, they may be most committed or passionate about it, but it is a responsibility of the, the people who have the privilege to say, what is it that we can do for uh, people who have been discriminated or where there's racism in place or just places where we're not keeping up with the commitment that we or the, the desire of how diverse and inclusive we are and where are the areas where we're falling short. And that is not on the black employees to point out. That is on leadership across the board to define, to implement, to, to take charge of the change and of even those brainstorming sessions to identify possible solutions. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Ina, for sharing. Gosh, I know we could keep talking for, 
for a long time. This is a big, big topic. And I'm just so grateful that you took the time to come on here and share a little bit about your life story and how you've experienced it. And it's, it's inspiring to hear how you grew up with, with no concept of racism, right? You always knew you had to work harder and you had to get really good grades so that you stand out. And now as you're an adult, and I think for many of us can resonate with this idea of, I learned something in school, didn't quite know what, what and now I'm in the real world. I'm like, ah, what, now yeah. I'm getting it. I had this, like, this picture of what the world would look like, but now I'm in it and realizing, ah, I get it. Why this is helpful now and how this is truly making a difference. And I think you're standing in your own power and then being seen in the room and sitting down and owning it and owning your rights and doing so very confidently and in such a clear way with conviction that in itself, I think without you even doing anything else, I think that's inspiring. And I truly hope that people see you and people appreciate you for that and follow your foot tracks on that as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. I think that the main lesson message that I really would like to leave people with is, you know, be courageous, be courageous. When you see things that are wrong, I mean, listen, we're all human beings. Yeah, some of us may have better EQ and better perception, but we all have deep down things that we know we can detect the right and the wrong. I fundamentally believe that if we really look for that in our soul, you know, you have your gut telling you something. When you see something that you feel is a little off, then it's probably off. So if you need to check with someone else, it's okay for you to feel this way, then check it. But please speak up. Yeah. We need like more so than ever now, the world needs leaders to speak up within organization. You know, it doesn't matter what size of organization you are. You can be at a large tech company or at a small SME. It doesn't matter. There are people that are looking up to you. So please, you've been put in that position, act, yeah. you know, accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, a team that I recently worked with, um, we had this thing called, um, mentioning, mentioning dissonance. So that meant that even if we don't quite know what it is that's bothering me, or I can't really pinpoint what was off, or I don't have a better way to go about it, but simply saying like, Hey, you know what? I've got to raise my hand because this does not sit well with me. Mm. Like, and I can't really pinpoint what it was. Let me think about it. But I don't think that was okay. Or that didn't feel good to me. Mm-hmm. Right. That in itself sometimes op- opens up the conversation because we don't have to have the solution right away. Exactly. And I think that is, that is a powerful way out and, and way to bring those things up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ina, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you. You and you've just demonstrated so much courage in your own in your own way of how you, you lived in so many different ways. You created your life. You took charge in your education and in your corporate career. And you're just showing up with so much power. As I'm observing you and in this conversation, it's really beautiful to to see. And I'm so glad we're connected and that you were able to join join us for this conversation. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. I think that we need more of these things. Uh, We need more of those initiatives of speaking like that. I think in a way, this podcast and the work that you're doing, Ramona, will will have an impact. We might not see anything maybe tomorrow, but on the long run, it will come to fruition. So really appreciate you for all the work that you do. It's only normal for me to use whatever I have here to contribute to the great work that you're doing as well. 
Thank you. I appreciate you. And that was my coffee chat-like conversation with Ina. I really hope that you enjoyed our dialogue, found courage or inspiration, or at least had a spark of an idea of something that you can do with your team or that you can drive within the organization to really show up as a leader, not with the title, but through your actions to create change in the right direction. If you have any questions for Ina or for myself following this conversation, please connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or through Ramona at RamonaShaw.com. We would love to hear from you in regards to microaggression, discrimination, or racism That's it for now. I'll be back in your earbuds next week when we're going to talk about why telling people what to do doesn't work. So that's going to be a real treat. So be back next week. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. If you love this show, then you'll love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.